2 Corinthians chapter 5, near the end of the chapter is where we're going to be tonight. Just just got a, a, a thought here tonight I want to share and look into. Uh, it's going to start with a familiar verse, uh, and, and, and at the end it's kind of a familiar verse, but kind of the ones in the middle I want to make sure that we don't we don't miss over because sometimes we we pull out verses that are really good and that you know and they, these are verses that we lean on and that we're uh you know that are that are hugely important and are a blessing but we also want to make sure we get the ones in the middle sometimes too that kind of bring it all together uh so second corinthians 5 starting in verse 17 uh again very familiar verse says this therefore if any man be in christ he is a new creature Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation, to wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them. He hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. And then finally with this, for he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word tonight. Thank you for uh, just an already great service. Lord, we can feel your presence. We, we're, we're, we've already prayed to you. We already are praising you tonight. And Lord, I pray that you would just use your word tonight uh, like you promised you would. And Lord, I pray that it would touch us and help us tonight. And Lord, uh, just remind us of our job here on this earth. Lord, we thank you for all things. In Jesus' name we pray and amen. You know, that verse that I started with is probably one of the most common verses we use when we preach, when we're talking about salvation, when we're sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ with somebody. We are talking about the complete transformation at salvation. Now, uh, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And what that makes clear is that we are not being made a better creature. You know, not just a little bit better, not just a transform uh, or just a little bit turning over a new leaf, not just a few improvements, but a completely new creature in Jesus Christ. That's what it says. And why? Because it's in Christ. It's not of ourselves. That's the key. It's a complete transformation because you think about that. The only way we could become completely new is if something outside of us did that. And it can't even be another human being. It's got to be God that does that because we, you know, we can try to uh, fix a thing here and there and we might be successful. You know, there are people in this world that are successful of making little improvements in their life, but there's no way you can completely transform your life apart from Jesus Christ. And I'm glad that he completely changes us from the inside out. Remember, Jesus said to Nicodemus, he recorded it for all of us to hear this conversation. John 3, 7, marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. You know, there's no question about it. There's no salvation without a complete transformation. And again, it's not a suggestion that we need to be a new creature in Christ. We must be. And in fact, it's a requirement, but it also comes from not a ritual. It doesn't come from following certain rules. Again, it comes from God. 
And then if you stop and think about, do you remember the day you were saved? Do you remember that day when you called on Jesus Christ for forgiveness of sins? Do you remember that when he made, uh, uh, when you asked him to save you and become your savior? Do you remember the change in your life? That's what he's talking about. A new creature in Christ, a start over. That's why we love that verse, because this world can't offer that. They can't offer a complete start. Why? You always have the past. You always have uh, different things uh, uh, that the world won't forget about. But you've got a God that can forgive and forget. And see, normally uh, I like to do the verses in order. So normally I'd be going down to verse 18. But I want to skip down to verse 21 uh, tonight. And then we'll go back to the middle. uh, Because 17, the one we just talked about, talks about the transformation of a Christian through salvation. Uh, The next verses talk about reconciling. Uh, And reconcile means to restore a friendship, restore a relationship after they were estranged. So after there was something that broke up a relationship, and now it's coming back together you know we're settling differences or bringing two people into agreement uh, and the big picture is that God reconciled the human race by Jesus Christ and verse 21 explain what Jesus did to make that reconciliation possible so that's why I want to jump down to 21 real quick it says in this verse this verse might be one of the most power-packed verses we have it says this uh, talking about Jesus for he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So that first part, God the Father hath made Jesus Christ to be sin for us who knew no sin. This verse is crystal clear. Jesus Christ was sinless. He was not a sinner, and but he, he wasn't made a sinner Right? It doesn't say that. It didn't say he was made a sinner. He was made to be sin. 1 Peter 2.24 helps us out a little bit. Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree that we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness by whose stripes ye were healed. Jesus Christ lived a perfect life. And one of the things that we think about is we have the gospel account of the last three years of his life, but he lived a perfect life all 33 years. Even the parts we don't have written down in the Bible, he still lived a perfect life. Now we get a little glimpse when he was 12 years old. Remember, he stayed back at the temple in Jerusalem. His parents left. They didn't realize he stayed there. Takes him three days journey to go back and find him. And in that story, after they realized, or or Jesus said, uh, uh, I must be about my father's business, but they didn't understand what he was saying after that. So Jesus returns home with Mary and Joseph and Luke 2:51 says this, and he went down with them talking about Jesus and came to Nazareth and was subject unto them. But his mother kept all these sayings in her heart. Jesus never disobeyed Mary and Joseph. Right To live a perfect life, he never disobeyed them because Deuteronomy 5.16, the fifth commandment says, and I could call on Harper, honor thy thy father and thy mother as the Lord thy God hath commanded thee. Right? The fifth commandment. He, He never disobeyed them or he would have sinned. Right? He couldn't be the sacrifice for sin if he sinned. He would just pay for his own sins like we would if we weren't saved. So, and if he, if he committed any sins, he could have never reconciled us to God. 
And then James 4, 17, one of the verses that, that's hard for us as a Christian, therefore to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not to him, it is sin. And you think about that. Every single instance where Jesus faced a situation, he did good, right? He did good. He did. There was no time uh, uh, of missing it, no time of excuse, no time of putting it off. He did it in every situation. That's why when you go through the Gospels and you see, what do we see Jesus? Sometimes he's tired. Sometimes he's hungry. Sometimes he had just heard about John the Baptist's death and he's going away to go grieve basically because of that. And yet he runs into people that need healing and he heals them, right? They need, they're hungry and he feeds them. Even when he's tired and hungry and, and would rather be alone, what's he do? He's still pouring himself into people because we, he knew to do good and he did it. We can't do that. We can't do that. It's clear. But he did what we couldn't or wouldn't do. And he gave of himself, not just on the cross. Oh, he gave of himself on the cross. He gave of himself the entire time that he was on this earth. Not just those last three years, but his whole life. So for him, for he that hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin. So, so God the Father put our sins on him, didn't make him a sinner, but he carried those sins to the cross in his body that was crucified. And then the second half of verse 21, and we, I think we miss this sometimes too, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Right? Not only did Jesus pay the price for our sins, not only did he live a perfect life, but that perfect life was imputed onto our account. It was placed on our account. When we're saved, Jesus Christ makes an exchange with us. See, God the Father treated Jesus Christ as if he had committed our sin, right? And then he treats us as Christians as if we had lived the perfect life Jesus did. That's the transformation right here. That's what he says right here. He, uh, he took the sinless one to bear our sins. And then he took the sinful one, the one that wasn't fully obedient, the one that hasn't perfectly followed God's will. Yet he takes the perfect uh, perfection of Jesus and puts it onto our account. So when he sees us, not only does he see no sin, he sees everything Jesus did as if we did it. That's the verse. That's salvation. That allows us to be reconciled. Right? Who are we reconciled to? Not one another. Reconciled to God. Right? They had that relationship. Till you get to Genesis 3. And then it was broken. Right? They were, they were kicked out of the garden. Right? There was, no, uh, there was no fellowship anymore. There was a separation there. And what sin separated, Jesus Christ restored. He reconciled that. Right? It, it, it talked about that reconciliation was a, a relationship. That one of the definitions is you had a relationship. There was an estrangement. And now it's back together. And that's what he did. That's what he did on the cross for us. And when we accept Jesus Christ, we are reconciled into him. What a wonderful thing. And just like Jesus, think about this. After he ascended back to heaven, he was welcomed back into heaven. Can you imagine? Oh, I don't think he just walked in and nothing happened, right? They have been praising him before. 
You think they were praising him before. I think they turned it up another level, if it's even possible. They were praising him even more after what he did, right, for all of us. And now he's being praised again and welcomed back in open arms into heaven. Uh, Guess what? You think we're just going to walk into heaven as if nothing's happened? No, no. You think all of heaven celebrates over one lost soul being saved, yet they don't celebrate over one coming home? My goodness, what happens at the airport over and over again with people that have been gone a long time and they're coming home? Everyone's cheering and excited about it. They're there. They're finally here. I believe it'll be the same way. Not so we get the glory, but so we're restored, right? We're all together again. It's like a reunion. But... Look at, now let's go back to the middle. Verse 18. And all things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ. Again, we just talked about that. And here's the part. And hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. After we're saved, after we're reconciled through Jesus Christ, right? After he's forgiven of, of our sins, taken the sins away, put Jesus's righteousness on our account, after the relationship's restored, after yet we're still here waiting to either for him to call the church home or for us to, uh, to, to lay down this life and, and be in heaven. After all of that, after we're saved, he then gives us one more thing. Now this is a job, the ministry of reconciliation, Right? We started off saying all things are of God. Remember, none of that that happened before was us. The only thing that happened was this from Ephesians. By grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. The only part we did was the faith part. And the, the, the trick is, he even gave us, he gave us the faith first, and then we applied the faith, right? So it's, none of it was really us. It's, it's his gift, We just put our faith in Jesus and he did the rest. The gospel message. Remember what happened when you were saved. Someone shared the gospel with you. It was either preached or taught or witnessed or or song or something. You got the gospel message. The Holy Spirit convicted you, right? And you made the decision, right? You chose to accept Jesus Christ. And then he changed you from the inside out. He reconciled you. He made you a new creature. All that reconciliation And now he hath given us the ministry of reconciliation. You know what that tells me? We're to take that same reconciling power that comes from Jesus Christ, take that same thing that he did, and it needs to become our ministry, right? Not just preachers, not just deacons, not just Sunday school teachers or anyone else. He's not, uh, Paul through the Holy Spirit is not isolating anybody. Right? He says he has given to us. Who's us? The church that are saved. All of us. Because he's not excluding. He's not just talking to Timothy or, or something else. He's saying he's given to us this ministry. We need to live a life that draws people to Jesus Christ. And shows that reconciling power in our lives. See, when we show that we're a new creature in Christ. When, when that, what happened on the inside actually shows on the outside. People see that, right? They say, now, wait a second. There's no way you could have done that, right? I remember you. 
right? I remember how you used to be. I remember how you used to talk. I remember your anger. I remember all these things, right? And then all of a sudden something changed. Now, yeah, we stopped to work on the tongue and other stuff like that, but a change happened, right? And that's what we need to show with our lives. And then once we show it with our lives, we can tell people, hey, here's how it happened, right? Here's what happened. Here's how what happened through Jesus Christ and that it's available to them. But also we need to show them that they need reconciled, right? Because they, a lot of this world, they don't really, remember what I said? There was a relationship. It was estranged. It needs cut. It needs back together, right? What's the problem with this world? They either think they're all right with God. They don't think they're estranged. They don't think they're a sinner. They don't think anything's wrong. I'm all right. I gave tithes. I got baptized when I was an infant, you know, whatever. I'm all right with God. They don't even realize. We got to share with them. They're estranged. They're a sinner headed to hell, right? Or they don't think there's a God, right? It's just me. There's no relationship. I don't need you. Why would I need Jesus? It's me. He's not real. He's a crutch, right? They need both. That's that ministry. That's what he's talking about. Now, how do we do that? 19. To wit, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them. We can say hallelujah again right there. He's reminding us again, not imputing the trespasses. I've taken away the sin and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Right? First, he gave us the ministry of reconciliation. How do we do that? Through the word of reconciliation. What's that? That's right here. This Bible. This Bible. Remember what I said? What's the problem? This world needs to know that there is a God. They need to know, some of them need to know that they're not. Right? And they need to know that they are not okay with God. That all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That there's an estrangement there. But then they got to realize that, hey, the word talks about Jesus Christ. He was sinless, right? Then you go back to the, remember the verse we were talking about before. For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. How do we share it? God's word. That's what he's saying right there. And then what's next? Now it shouldn't be, now it should make sense. Verse 20. Now then we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled unto God. Do you see what he's saying? You are an ambassador, right? It's your ministry. It's every one of our responsibility. You do it through the word of God. And guess what? You know what an ambassador is? It's not someone who comes up with their own message. It's someone who takes the king's message to where the king says to go. And what the king says to say, that's all an ambassador is. They're an extension of, the, you know, you think about it. We have it in our country. We have ambassadors. What do they do? They take the president's message. They take it to the other country, right? The president's not going to be there all the time, but they will be there. They'll stay there in that foreign country, and they'll just keep relaying messages, right, back and forth. That's what he says. I want you to be an ambassador for Christ. Listen. If Jesus Christ gave his entire life for us on this earth, all 33 years, and he's saying, hey, 
You know what I want you to be? I've reconciled you. I've put the relationship back together. You couldn't. I want you to share that with others. That needs to be your ministry, your calling, your job, among other things that I've that I've called you to do. And how do you do that? Through the word. Right? That's how you witness to people, through the word. That's where the power is. I, I've heard people try to, uh, try to use logic and different things and try to uh, logically convince somebody. That's, that, that may work temporarily. They need something bigger than human logic. They need God's word. And we're to be ambassadors for Christ. So then it gets to the question part. Are you an ambassador? Is that ministry of reconciliation... Are you just a beneficiary of it? Or are you taking it out to people? Are you sharing it with people? Because he's done something so great for us. It's amazing. Right? God treated Jesus as if Jesus committed every sin we did. And then gave us the benefit for his perfect life. That's amazing. All right, let's, we're going to open up the altar tonight.